Ah, uh, I'm just feeling good today. This episode was good. I feel good about it. Um, I talk about uh, a few things in this episode. My original plan, honestly, when I got on this this episode was to break apart another song. Uh, I did it a couple episodes ago and I enjoyed it. I broke apart one of our release musics, like what the original file looks like and talk about how to make a song. But I had a list of things to get off my my chest and I started getting into it and it was just like a fun kind of inspired episode. So I, I just stuck with it and I'll save the, I'll save the the song idea for another time, but just feeling good back on track. A lot of exciting news. Um, this is going to be a, a really fun, hopefully, you know, pending no world disaster, really fun summer. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode and I'm on a new, I'm on a cool new mic now. I'm trying, I'm trying something different. This is like an electronic mic. Uh, a lot of cool stuff though. Tune in. Enjoy. Na 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 na. I'm almost famous. Chill out, mom. I'm doing it my own way. I'm almost famous. I'll freak off yet. I'll make my money someday. <clears throat> oh. I don't know if it's like a, an age thing or like, or if I'm just getting dumber, but I, I'm choking on drinks a lot more, like kind of on the regular once a day, I'd say <clears throat> I just send, I send a liquid down the wrong, down the wrong tube. But, uh, I'm looking, I'm just looking through the camera here. I'm just looking at like the whole setup I'm sitting and I got my computer, my monitors, the keyboard, this mic, the soundproofing like backdrop around me and uh this just fires me up like this is a real deal studio i'm i don't know I feel good i'm feeling good today uh i was not feeling good like last episode i joked about uh i was joking about you know depression i don't think i don't think depression means like you're just sad like you're like mm. it's just like you're not yourself you're just not really feeling that buzz that like energy to be alive and and you just don't want to do anything and uh, i was definitely feeling a, a little bit of that and uh i'll tell you it, it doesn't look with me with the reason i don't even talk about it that often is because it doesn't really last long because i usually i usually just i'm i never stay in a state too long whether it's like super happy super sad or anything i'm usually generally pretty neutral, maybe above, above neutral. I like to stay a little bit buzzing, a little bit positive, but, uh, I'll, I'll I can talk about kind of, uh, how I got through it and where I'm at and I'm feeling good. But first I got to give an extra, like an extra special and unique shout out to Robbie's girlfriend, Olivia. And Olivia's been spending a lot of time at our house because she moved out of her condo and we just have the space at our house and literally none of us mind, um, that she's around all the time because she, uh, you know, she does creative stuff with us, does fun stuff, just like a really good hang. Like it's, it's honestly a nice addition to the, uh, the monotony of just being locked into a house. And, um, she, uh, she was like, we've been, Robbie and I have been 
just a little bit tight on cash because we're spending thousands of dollars on music. And also we just happened to have moved into a much nicer place, which is almost double what we initially started paying in rent about a year and a half ago. Just like we're just increasing our expenditures as a, trying to get it to an adult level. And she just out of the blue, uh, gave us a gift of money for no reason. It's none of our birthdays. She just was kind of like proud of, I guess the steps we were taking to, um, I'll just read the card here to Rob and Trav. I'm so proud of the hard work you both put into music and following your dreams. Love you both. You or love you. You both make me a better musician in uh, brackets. I'd still be singing alone in my bedroom without you too. So go finish that song and get famous. I love you. And she just gave us 400 bucks cash. <laughs> like, and um, what's crazy about that is I, I honestly would not normally accept that. Like, I would be like, nonsense. Like, we got to, like, there's, you have no need, you don't, no need to give us a dollar. And, and, um, but it just, like, I, we legit need the money. And we were just like, that actually is really super, super helpful. And uh, so I had to give her a shout out at the beginning of this pod. What she's talking about with the the singing and stuff. If you've ever, um, if you've been following uh, Johnny Famous on Instagram or <clears throat> any of our like YouTube or anything, we, we've done some covers with her. And her voice is like, when I first heard it a couple years ago, it's just one of those, you're like, you're kind of, it moves you, just the voice alone. And it's, it's, it is a, a really unique thing. There's a lot of really good singers. I'm a good singer, but I don't, I've never relied on my voice, um, to move people. I rely on, I'm a, what my X factor is, is my songwriting, my, my ability to, as you'll see in this episode, you know, when I break down a song, my, my ability to put together and compose music that moves people. She could sing a lullaby to you and you'd be like, damn. And she was stage fright, like too scared to do all this stuff. And, um, like Robbie just got to give props to him is the most like supportive, like, or I don't even know what the word is supportive. Cause he was just like, you got to sing, sing. He's always asking her to sing, get in front of people, show, show her voice and stuff like that. And, and obviously I've been trying to get her to, do it on camera and stuff and sing with us and get out there. And she still was like kind of hit or miss with it until she made a TikTok of her singing that, that kind of blew up. But I talked about this a few episodes back and I guess just that, that extra degree of support um, pushed her over the line now where she sings a bunch on TikTok. So Olivia DiClavasio on TikTok, uh, check her out. But yeah, I just special shout out for that gift. Cause it's, it's super nice because legitimate, legitimately, like I, I sold, I'm, I'm selling things like that. I don't need just to, just to get, make sure that we're, we have the money. Like it's going to cost us almost six to $8,000 to put out um, the music we want to put out in the next six months. And that's just the cost of, it's just the cost of, of doing business for, for this dream. And and that's on top of like living and life and everything you want to do normally. So yeah, it was nice of her. Uh, so special shout out there, <clears throat> which gets me to 
uh, before I get into like breaking out on this song gets me to like a bit of our, our plan. And, uh, so we, Robbie and I finally laid out our structured plan for the summer and priced it out, budgeted it out, like timeline, everything. Uh, so I'll give you a little sneak preview of what to expect from us. We just hopped in the studio and we did about 75% of the work on two songs. Unfortunately, some stuff happened with the studio being booked with other artists and like it just messes with our timeline. Like we're ready to rip, uh, but we have to kind of space out our next few studio sessions between their other bookings. So we're back in on the 8th of April to do vocals to finish one of the songs. That'll be done probably towards the end of April. So we'll have a song towards the end of April. Then towards the end of April, we're going to hop in the studio for a couple more days. We'll finish a second song and start a third. And then that second song will hopefully be ready for like May 2, 4, like big summer launch because it is a summer banger, like going to change our lives, going to change your lives. Um, and then um, we'll get back in the studio around the time that that's uh, getting kind of released where we'll finish the third song and potentially finish a fourth but we'll definitely start a fourth i think we'll probably end up trying to finish a fourth around then as well and we'll be filming the music video uh for the first two songs around then the music video i think even though like these songs we like every song we make and every song we make we're like wow this is gonna be great let's make a super super sick music video but just money wise like we spent like several thousand dollars, almost more than what we spend making the song on these music videos. And we've kind of shown what we can do with a few buddies. Like we've worked with Matt Tompkins and, and breathe entertainment to make our first video, which was spectacular. And all the people that helped and volunteered for that. Then we worked with Steven Snokas and Josh Kobe. Um, and, uh, Kevin, our roommate, LeBanc really helped out and Eli uh, helped out on that shoot and the band. And we made a dope, uh, a really, really dope music video. We kind of shown what we can do. I think at this point we kind of maybe have to let the music and our vibe do the talking because it's just a lot of money. Um, so we were thinking about doing like a combo music video for those first two songs, kind of like a live music video where we're in a room and it's just like you can we need to show off what we can do live in a room so that when we're going to agents, we're like, you want this at a show. Like it'll just be us set up because like live was really our spark. When, <clears throat> when things were open and we'd play live, people would be like, that's where they'd come up and be like, like lo loved your songs and like everything, but like, fuck something happened at the show. Like I, that we make people feel something cause and I know it because I am the type of person that goes to a show and feels something. Um, and like, that's exactly what I try to do when I do a show is I want to make the room feel it. Cause I feel it on stage and I'm assuming if I'm feeling it, people are feeling it. This like, it's like this electricity, this kind of like, it's a, it's a real primal energy. Um, but unfortunately like we can't really do it in COVID and it's hard to, like the people that don't come to our shows, AKA managers or like industry people, I want them to see it. So we're going to set up a setting where we can show it with like lights and, and the guitars and, and everything set up in a room and we'll just look sick and we'll deliver these songs live performance and they can be like, fuck, okay, I can see these guys opening up for like a big band or something. So that's our kind of plan. Um, so we're going to do four songs, hopefully before summer even starts. 
and release them over the summer to beginning of summer to kind of midsummer. And we'll, we'll see what we'll do for the music videos for the, the second, um, the second two that's up in the air, but, uh, the, at least the beginning is kind of sorted. And this is where I said like the eight, the eight ish thousand dollars is kind of going towards just to, just to let you guys in. It's, it's around $1,400 to finish a song in studio, which is very reasonable. And that's because we do a lot of the work at home in this home studio. And we do a lot of the work outside of the studio. Uh, big artists will work in studio. Like they'll write in studio, they'll book studios out just to create or to just kind of try things out. We don't have that luxury. We, we have to go through everything meticulously at home and just try to recreate it professionally in studio, which is fine. It works great. And then, yeah, music videos, like, as I said, two to three grand. Um, but if you combine them, like, and you do a bit of a live show, you know, it can be, you know, about a thousand bucks a song, which is pretty reasonable, even though you're spending, you know, two grand total. Um, <clears throat> then, so that's going to be four songs. We have f- 10 songs, as I said, written that we, th- we want to get out. So we're going to do an acoustic EP because we want to start working our home production and cut down costs a little bit. We need to get more music out and we just can't afford to do it all in studio until we get grants. And, uh, so we're going to do an acoustic EP. We have four songs that like we've written on acoustic that could be rock songs and we could eventually make them rock songs, but they just sound like delicious. And I have the ability here with all the stuff in this kind of like sound treated room in our studio to make a like a really good quality home recording and and you'll tell like when I when I break out this song in uh shortly you'll tell like when I say we can't do it at home we can we did this song we've done songs that we've released at home it's totally fine but you can only uh, our skill level only lets us make a certain type of music, which is like synthesized drums. And um, uh, you'll, you'll recognize the sound. And then the if you go back and you listen, or when we finally get to when I break apart Victoria, which is the first song we did in a studio studio, you'll kind of hear the difference of like live drums, live mic guitars. It, it just kind of brings you, I don't know, it brings you to that that next level. And that's that's why we go back and we pay for it. Um, but it doesn't mean there aren't songs that f- match this style that we will do at home. So we're going to do an acoustic EP alongside these four studio songs. It'll be three or four acoustic songs that we'll sprinkle throughout the summer and we'll DIY it. We'll have some fun. Like we'll do clips of us playing it and writing it and recording it, put those out on TikTok, social media. We'll, um, uh, also self-produce and home produce and then self-release, which will cost much less because you only have to pay for, you know, we'll get the studio guy to mix it and we'll get a professional studio to master it, but we'll make it and uh, produce it at home. So that'll be fun. And we'll do the videos for those ourselves. Like we'll sit on a dock or in a park or in a cool setting and just like we'll get our buddy Mitch who, uh, who was on the last episode to do the music videos and he he's just there for, for the fun. And, and like, I'm just really looking forward to summer. If you can't tell that's why I'm in a, uh, a much better mood really, because you know, when you have, when you have things to look forward to, um, it really, really helps. And I just felt like in COVID for the longest time we didn't because music wasn't going well. So we had nothing kind of like, 
productively to uh, that's where like the the real darkness kind of came from in the last year um but yeah so that's our commitment and like that's how robbie and i are kind of going to judge our success um i was talking with eli our friend eli brown who's been on the podcast a few times and he was like how are you guys going to judge your success now that you're kind of switching from motivation to a more like discipline and individualistic partnership or kind of he's, he's in charge of his shit. I'm in charge of my shit. And I said like, we can't, we can't judge our success based on six based on like traditional success, like numbers and plays and whatever, because honestly no one knows how to do that. Um, but we can judge it on our input and even our output, like to a degree, um, just doing the work to get, like if we lay out a plan like that, just making sure we can afford it. So we have to do the work at our jobs or however we make our money. And, um, also, um, making sure that we put enough effort into the song so that they match our expectations of where we know that they can be. And, you know, if in, by, by this next fall, we've released eight songs. And when I said we have 10, we're going to use two songs for a, a special grant application that requires you to submit two songs that you will not release until you hear back from the grant. So that'll be our 10 songs and that'll be, and then the whole summer um, we'll be marketing those. So we'll have tons of content and I have a few personal directives where I want to get like one of the songs on the radio and I'm just going to hound TikTok and like email this radio station, like do everything I can. That's just for me for fun. But we're also just going to work on like getting, getting attention on TikTok or Instagram and also reaching out to a bunch of managers and music people throughout the summer to try to get attention off of all that hard work and that investment. Um, and if it all doesn't, I don't know when I say fails, like if we just come out of the summer and it won't be a failure because we'll have all this great music, finally like a, a nice body of professional work that we can show off and videos of us playing live and you can look at our, it'll be a great portfolio. Uh, but if it fails, meaning like we don't get that immediate success, we haven't popped off or we haven't been signed or managed, we are still applying for grants. And we came really close to getting these grants last time with a much smaller portfolio and resume. Um, so, and we know kind of what we did wrong and we think we can get it this coming year or come like super, super close and get it within the next two years, but hopefully get it this coming year. And that'll be twenty to 60000 bucks. It'll help us recover some of the costs, but also put out uh, another song. So we'll just be writing, you know, 20, 30 more songs between now and when we hear back from that grant. And then we could do like a really fun full album of songs and, uh, you know, maybe spend some time. Like, because when we have twenty sixty grand, you know, we can, we can take two or three months off of life. Um, and maybe go to a place to record it somewhere, you know, somewhere cool, maybe, uh, like Cali or in the mountains or BC. I don't even know where you were just like a cool environment and just enjoy a few months of being artists. And, uh, that'll be a bucket list item in itself. But anyway, just to keep it moving. Um, that's like, that's a general plan and that's why I'm kind of excited. And you, you might hear a new pep in my step last episode. I just was legitimately lost. Like I was sitting there before I I tuned into the recording and I had like writer's block or, or a creative block. And I was just like, I felt like I was in a 
a glass cage of emotion. There was just no, uh, I, nothing was coming to me. N- normally I, have a, I feel like I, I can just tune into my brain and something flows through and I can just create shit. But I just had nothing. So I flicked on Insta Live on my phone and was like, I'm just going to do this. Make, turn on Insta Live while I record the podcast and hopefully, you know, the universe will give me something to do. And luckily my buddy Alex Mitchell, as I said, he hopped in about halfway through that podcast for a little impromptu interview. Um, but he, uh, I referenced in his podcast how like his, his photography account as a casual photographer within the last year has grown to 8,000 legitimate followers. And he, he kind of is not like, he's not like a go follow me, go follow me type of guy or like whatever. And, and it's got there purely through like using hashtags, uh, putting out consistent, good photos. Like he's obviously talented and interacting with like the community, just like following photographers he likes or blogs uh, or photo accounts, interacting on the photos, DMing people like he'll, he'll be active about it. And just that alone mixed with talent, simple, simple, consistent efforts is what's grown him there because these accounts see his photos and see him interacting. And then they, you know, or, or he leaves comments on Instagram posts that are very popular. And if his comments gets a lot of likes, a lot of people check out his page and they see these photos, which are good. And I would compare it like, Oh, like the same deal. Like people like, Oh, they see our music and they're like, this is good. And, um, so Robbie's been part of his, like, cause we're, we're more being partners this year instead of like before it was really like, because I had so much experience running businesses and being an entrepreneur, I was more being like, Hey, like, let's do this, let's do that. And like, kind of like being like a little bit of a micro, not micromanager, but just like kind of like in, really involved in, in what was Robbie was doing. And now since we almost, we almost split up in quarantine because we were just, we fell flat on our faces. But, um, now our kind of thing is like, you're a partner, I'm a partner, show me what you got. And so uh, he's been working, um, for three months and he hasn't really figured out what he's really doing, um, besides music, which he's been doing a great job with, like just coordinating just a general, like getting into the studio and taking the time to practice and write, um, but, uh, but he's, he's adding on things with like grants. He's taking on the grants and he's taking on, uh, Insta posting. So if you've been following us, you've been seeing that just in the last week or so he's been posting. And what I really like about it is we have thousands of photos and I've always been the type of guy that's like, you take one or two or maybe five good photos from a photo shoot or an event. And then that event is done. But a lot of the bands and content creators, they just put the content out. Like we have so many good photos from video shoots and stuff that happens and shows. And like, he's just been going back and like putting up some of his favorites, putting a nice caption, using good hashtags. And we're worried about like boring our friends that follow us. But realistically, if you use proper hashtags, like it's it's been like a lot of strangers interacting with our band page since he's been doing this and posting frequently. So they're seeing it all fresh and for the friends and stuff that follow us, I'm sure it doesn't really bother them 
that we're just putting up pictures. Like it's just a scroll on Instagram and you probably like it and, and it's really no big deal. And it's kind of like a big mental barrier to get through. And I'm, I'm really happy we're kind of getting through that because we have so many good photos and these are professionally taken like Josh Kobe who took the behind the scenes photos and Dom Lisi who took the behind the scenes photos from our last two music videos like separately they each did one they're sick and they're like professionally done and like they deserve to be out there in their own right like they're a piece of art um and in their own right and I don't know why um we'd feel that way but yeah, it's been working. Like we've been getting followers, comments, the likes roll in from strangers from these hashtags. And I'm just pumped that he's kind of doing that. And he's, he's, um, taking that on for me doing the TikTok. Um, I finally had a video semi breakthrough. Like I've been trying to get somewhat viral on TikTok. I've been ever since lives, uh, live and I joked about making competition who can get bigger and she, sh- her, she went viral within like the first week of that competition. I've been like trying and trying and trying. I finally had one that I posted it and thousands of views immediately, thousands, thousands. And then classic TikTok, it's just flying. People are liking it. It gets 3000 views and like a hundred and something likes. And then it just shuts off. They just shut it off. And I don't know why TikTok does that, but it, it, at least I know my videos are make it to the for you page if they have something catchy and I need to make, I need to find a way to make some videos that I guess people share so that even if TikTok, I guess, cuts it from the For You page, it will be shared enough that TikTok will be like, all right, like, like at least I know it can get that initial steam, which is, which is what I wasn't sure if my account was like blocked from because I was not getting that anymore. Um, but yeah, it's a cha- it's a challenge in its own right. But uh, yeah, like that's... That's kind of um, that's kind of like the general plan and and just being more of a um, like less afraid of like just acting like we're already a successful band that posts pictures all the time and and interacts and and not worried about what people think because we got to do these things to get Instagram to 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 get exposure. We got to do these things on TikTok to get exposure because all, and when I, I had a meeting with a music manager recently and he's like, he's like, that's like, it doesn't really matter about the music anymore unless you find a really, a really music based manager who's like, I'm going to find the next artist that has all this potential and I'll make them big. And I know I can do that, but I need to find the art the majority of music managers and record companies are looking for an artist that is already breaking through. And then they'll just take that because they don't want to risk. There's so many artists that are talented. They don't want to risk it on an artist that may be talented, but not align with any market that can make them money. So they're really just kind of waiting for people to get some sort of TikTok success or Insta success or stream and playlist success. So we have to go out there and get that ourselves. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a vibe. Um, we're kind of, uh, getting into this, uh, the mid of the, the mid of the episode. And I do want to get into the song and like, like open up the, the, the track for you guys. But, uh, the, the last things I want to say, speaking of music managers is we got a nice like spam reach out. 
And I'm assuming it's from all like the Instagram posting we've been doing and our emails attached to it. But we got an email from Columbia Records. Whoa, Sandra at Columbia Records. And she's like, oh, like this is whatever. Like we got this big opportunity. We want to sign you. You know, we want to fly you out to New York and, you know, all this shit. Like, and Robbie's, Robbie's responding to it. So I just see like these like kind of like, I'm assuming he's going to tell me. I, I assumed it's spam, my initial reaction, but I see that he's responding. So I'm like, is that not spam? Like, are we getting, are we actually getting approached by an, a, an A&R? And so the emails go back and forth. And finally I finally open it up and immediately I just click the email address and I see that it's sandra.columbiarecords at gmail.com. And I'm like, these spammers do not even spend the littlest amount of effort. Like if I'm spamming you, I'm going to buy a URL that is somewhat close to Columbia Records. Like I would buy Columbia Records CA or Columbia-Records.com, like something like, or or even like Columbia, uh, Columbia account or a Columbia music like I, I would find whatever random word that they haven't purchased buy that domain and send emails from that, not Gmail. You, you, you just put it a little bit of effort and and like, obviously now I'm reading through it and Robbie's joking about it. He's like, yeah, I knew it was a scam, but I just, Robbie gets a little sick twist out of responding to these things. And it, it gets him in trouble sometimes. Like he, he got a random text one time from a group chat of, of women trying to organize a, dinner and he just responded was like yeah girls like where are we going like let's get italian like he's joking around having a good time and then at some point he recognizes a name and he realizes that these are some of his mom's friends that have obviously clicked somehow switched and clicked robbie's number or got robbie's number from something instead of uh, his mom bevs and he's just been fucking with them in text and has to like tell his mom and be like, shit, like you have to explain to them I was joking. And like, you have to also show up to this Italian restaurant on May, whatever, because I made plans. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so he, he was like responding and, and this lady's like, yeah, we'll send over a contract. The It's going to be like a $290,000 starting salary plus like this much for recording and this much for signing bonus. And all you have to do is send us $95 to, to process. It's like always some bullshit like that. Scammers just are, they're so dumb, but the problem is, is there's always someone smarter than you and there's always someone dumber than you. So that's spammer finds people and preys on their weakness and their dreams and gets them to send them 95 bucks. They, they want like, um, anyway, thought that was funny. Uh, is there anything else? No, just, just in general, I'm, I apologize just as a small apology. I, I listen to my podcasts after I put them out, you know, on my next drive, I'll just listen through to make sure that it's entertaining and I'm liking, and <clears throat> I'm going to be honest. There's been a few episodes where and this could just be my self-criticism. And I know that uh, I've talked to a few people that listen regularly that tell me that they're still engaged and they still like it. Um, but I have personally listened back to a few episodes where I have felt 
kind of bored and and not entertained. And um, I know that, you know, if you're making hundreds of podcast episodes, they can't all be home runs. I've always been okay with that. But they've even the ones that are semi-boring usually have a spark or, or some sort of decent thing, a seed of goodness in them that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just develop that a bit more next time and, and kind of trim out the stuff that maybe dragged on too long. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I feel like um, it was a reflection of kind of that mental block I was in and, and that I was having issues with my discipline and it was kind of showing through immediately in my creative output, including the podcast, which is kind of what was happening a little bit in quarantine too. Um, but I, I, f- I can fix my discipline a lot faster now. Now that I'm on top of it, it is not like motivation where like I'm, I'm going to have a lull for two months until I find um, a way out something to motivate me. It's like, no, I don't care about motivation anymore. I literally care about hard work only and, and trusting the process. So when I have a bad few days, like, uh, like what was it? Yesterday was Tuesday, Monday. I had a, sh- I had a fucking bad day. I just like, and even yesterday morning I got up at 6am like I normally did. And I spent two and a half hours on TikTok in the morning and got out of bed at 8.30, which is funny because 8.30 is still like a reasonable time for most people to start their day and, and start work. But I felt like a, I started the day feeling like a failure because I was like, I just wasted two and a half hours of my f- prime morning on this shit. Um, but the keys, the keys I find with motivation or with discipline, because I've been on the discipline gang, is the hardest thing about discipline is the starting So if it's like, or just like the first step, and and I've talked about this before, but if, if the, the hardest part about having a good day is getting up. So if you just focus on getting up and getting out of bed, when your alarm goes off, the rest of the day really seems to, to fall into place. It's, I used to joke that the hardest part about working out was going to the gym. Once you're there, you'll work out. The hardest part about doing hard work is usually that first sentence, just opening up the file or opening up the first research page. We we delay that. And it's funny because that task is usually the easiest. Of my day, of all the hard things I do in a day, the easiest thing I do is open my eyes and stand up. But yet that's the thing people struggle with the most. And um, so, I, you know, if I, if I clip this up and put it into TikTok, if you're having a hard time being a disciplined person, just focus on the first step of that and don't motivate yourself because motivation sucks. Just only focus on the, the art of discipline, which is you set that alarm, whatever it is for me, it's 6am. And when that goes off, snooze button isn't an option because you're not making choices when you're at your weakest, which is in the morning, when you're laying in bed, when you're covered in comfort, you never make decisions. Then you make your decision when you're strong and then you use discipline when you're weak because the decision's already been made. You get up um, when that alarm goes off and you just stand up. That's it. You do not cruise on your phone or else you'll stay on your phone. You do not stay and you don't make that decision because you will not be able to, once you're cruising TikTok and whatever, it becomes a conversation. When do I get out of bed? When's my next video? And you've already lost. You just get up and you stand up and then everything seems to click after that. I'm like, all right, I'm already standing. I'm kind of tired. 
I know, I know my next thing on my list is to clean my room, like make my bed, like clean up all the, hang up my clothes or put everything away. That's what I like to do in the morning to wake up. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tired. I'm standing though. I got to put clothes on. So you just get moving. You put on your athletic clothes because you're going to go for a run. So you're already in your athletic clothes because you just can't be standing like naked. You clean your room. You're kind of awake. You're like, you know what? You got at that point, you're like, I need either like some people take a shower, but I go for a run to wake up. I need to wake up a little bit more. I love going for a run uh, in the morning. It like clears the mind, wakes you up. Um, but when I'm laying in bed, cruising TikTok, the thought of going on that run seems like an impossible procedure. So just focus on the starting. So when, and, and, and when I don't want to run like all winter, when it was miserable outside, I would just get out the door. Cause once you're out the door, you're going to run. You're not going to turn around. So like, you just got to focus on these starts, the starting and the rest just comes naturally. Your body is not a weak little bitch. Your mind is. You just got to get over that first hump and, and you, you always will do the, the, the hard work after. Anyway, that's my little tips and tricks. And, and um, I'll tell you what the, it is. One of the best cures for being in a, dep- in a depressive state is actions, doing things. Um, because you then don't have this time and space for your, your mind to run wild. And it's only running wild because it's not engaged. And, and it knows that by you not doing anything, you're also fucking future you. And it, 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 that's where the anxiety and the depression like really likes to feed off of. Um, so I find a lot of people that struggle with mental health, they're either super productive and it seems like an escape, but it is what's helping them. Um, or they can't get out of bed. So like, and they're stuck, um, in that way. So, I mean, I don't know the cures and, and, and I'm not saying anything about mental health, but for my mental health, definitely when I'm exercising and, and all this shit and doing stuff for music and I just am such so much a better person. Anyway, do I even break apart the song today? Like it's already 40 minutes in. I could probably wrap up this podcast as this and maybe I'll save the doing of the song for another time and I'll just finish this off because I, I uh, pretty much talked about I've already talked for like 40 minutes um, keep it short and sweet keep it enter- entertaining the uh, the last thing then to to do instead of doing the song is um, I I sold um, so as I said like we're just I'm doing I'm selling things for uh, to try to help just get some money to pay for like the success of shit and like classic me though. So I, I had a motorbike that I was deba- debating. I have a few motorbikes, but there was one that I, it's not really my style and I was debating, um, selling it, uh, or riding it. And like, and I'm like, no, I need the money. I'll sell it. And, uh, I, I ended up, <laughs> selling it uh just yesterday and i sold it to a girl actually which is really cool not many girls ride and i i literally asked her i was like do you have any friends that do this she's like nope i'm like do you have brothers or like a father that's into this and like i'm not trying to be sexist but i'm like did you grow up like watching did you have a role model because she was telling me she's like i just love vehicles i love cars i love boats i love motorcycles and i'm sitting there like uh yeah same but like 
I can tell you that as a young man, I played the fuck out of Heart, Hot Wheels, would always have racing video games and car video games, would watch all car and like dirt bike. Like it was uh, idolized like like race car rally and, and motocross drivers and shit. I'm like, I, I used to sleep with toy cars in my bed. Like it, it was very clear to see that I was influenced like at a young age to like vehicles. Um, and she's like, nope, none of that. Just like, what she say? She's like, I rode a moped when I was in Southeast Asia. And I was like, this is dope. And then I, I just got a motorcycle. And now I like, I love that. And I want, like, I've always just kind of like wanted a cool car and like boats. And I just love toys. So I, I thought that was super unique, but this, this, um, this poor girl, I, I, I'm selling her the bike and I sold it. I pretty much made no money on it. I just, I just got kind of like my money out of it. Cause I just don't, I don't really care. Like if they're a good person, I, it's like, it's terrible business. That's why I wasn't the best, um, with my, uh, first few businesses. Cause I would just, if I like, like if I, I just like to be nice to people. I don't like, I hate taking money from people. And that's like what business is. Um, but she uh, she goes to the counter to because I'm I'm there with her. I went to sur- I went to the service Ontario to transfer it with her because I needed I needed to do something there anyway, um, and I didn't have the ownership with me. I left it at my parents' place and it was just too much work. So I just went with her and and she's putting a new plate on the bike. And I guess before you buy a new plate for a vehicle, you have to pay all your old parking tickets. And <laughs> this girl didn't even bring her credit card with her because she just like pays tap on the phone. She was assuming it was going to be like less than I guess the two hundred fifty dollar tap limit. And, um, she's like, the guy's like, Oh, okay. Before you put the, before you put that, uh, plate on, like you got to pay your parking tickets. And she's like, that's weird. Like I, I've only ever had a motorcycle, not a car. Like motorcycles don't really get parking tickets. And he's like, yeah, that's right. But like you got seven and it's $750 you have to pay. <laughs> and, uh, she was like, I don't even have a credit card with me. So, so I was like, I, I didn't hear the amount. I just, saw that she was having trouble and I walked up and she was like, Oh, like I got parking tickets. I got to pay, but I don't have my credit card. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh, like I'll just pay him and you send me the money. Uh, she's like, cool. That's great. She's like, I'm like, how much is it? She's like $750. I legit have like $500 on my credit card. I needed of, of like space. I, I actually needed her money to pay off my credit card. Like that's why I'm selling the bike. I wanted to take 25 or 2,400, whatever off the credit card. And, uh, so I'm like, eh, he's like, you know, I had to like be like, I actually don't have that room on my credit card, which was quite embarrassing. Um, I guess I could have, if I used my check-ins account, but I don't think they can split it up. They said they can't split it up. That's why I couldn't do it. Um, but I could have paid straight cash out of my check-ins. Hmm. Maybe I could have done it for her, but anyway, regardless, poor girl, she had to, she had to drop seven fifty bones, um, at the uh, at the thing, and this is where I'm fucked up because, okay, cool, I take a chunk out of my debt. Um, I I have other tons of other money, but I get paid monthly for my part time job, and uh, so it usually comes in after the month end, and I have rent and all these bills due at month end. So it's like it's just this weird overlap. So I was happy to sell the bike before month end, and the um, like immediately after selling that bike to her, and she just hopped on it and rode away. And I saw her riding, and I saw everyone on motorbikes yesterday. It was so nice, and I was like, 
I got to fucking get a bike. <laughs> like my solution, the reason why I suck at selling shit is because instead of selling stuff, my, my solution is like, why don't I just go and make more money? And then I can also have a bike. So, cause like I have a, I have a classic car that I like riding around in the summer and I've been debating selling it because I only drive it four or five weekends and it's kind of costly to maintain, but I'm like, but I like it. And like, I really enjoy having like this little cool car to take out every now and then. And like, it's that these are my passions. I just happen to have expensive passions. It's what brings me joy. It's like literally vehicles are what bring me joy outside of my uh, career. So I'm like, fuck, I was like, I kind of want a motorbike again. And immediately I'm, I've been on just, just been looking at this. There's just one bike I want. I did all this research before I already knew kind of what bike I want, but I, I started looking and it's for sale and there's lots of places that are financing it for quite reasonable. And I watched a bunch of videos and now I'm like, ah, oh, I need this bike. And what's crazy is insurance. So you forget about that. And I forgot about that. And I was about to, I literally was calling this dealership because they were, they were going to finance it for, and even Yamaha has got great, great financing. Like you can, you can pay 140 bucks a month to finance a motorcycle, which is pretty good. Like I pay that in Uber Eats a month. So if I just don't Uber Eats, I got a motorcycle. And I was like about to call the dealership, like ready to go. And I was like, you know what? Like, let me just see what insurance is. Cause I, I know Ontario is one of the highest insurances in the world. Another strike against fucking living in Toronto. It's crazy high insurance. And on top of crazy high house prices and cost of living, all this shit. Like why, why in a place where our healthcare is free and we have limits on how much you can sue people, which is like the liability, um, component of accidents like why is it more than the states which has like unlimited lawsuit liability and like not free health care that's what i don't understand and i was looking into it and i was looking in forums and, and the bike i want is, is worth about I don't know, 10 10 ish grand new um you can you can maybe get them for like 85 or like 9,000, maybe 95, uh, with some like dealer incentives, or if you get like one that's like new, but like a year or so old, you can get them used for like six, 7,000 that are in like really great shape. So like to paint a picture, it's not that crazy. Ask me how much insurance quote, four grand a year. Yeah. Half the cost of the bike per year. Yeah. Are you fucked? You f- are you literally fucking out of your tree? Do you know how much the ticket for not having insurance is? Twenty two hundred bucks. I-, I could pay that twice a year, and just drive around without fu- without insurance. Are you out of your fucking mind? What am I going to pay? What was that for? In case the bike gets stolen? Well, every two years I buy the bike anyway. Oh, if you injure someone, um. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe, maybe just insure me for that. I was like, okay, take off the, take off the, the theft, the fire insurance, everything. Bring the take off everything because fuck you guys was was like my mindset. And I was like, just if I hurt someone, just so that if I get sued, for again, Canada's got a really limited liability suit, um, compared to the states. 
And they're like, it was still like 20. And I had to, I called places outside of Toronto. I was calling places up North, like far up North. And I was like, dude, I, I don't even, I was like, I was like, I live up North. Like what is insurance cost? Cause I just wanted to see what it is. And it was without all the protection, just liability. It's like 2,400 bucks for that bike, 2,200 bucks. And the only thing that would make it better is if I put my home and my car, which I don't have a home and my car is, uh, already insured brilliantly um, through like my family's kind of insurance. Like I don't want to pay any more for that. Um, both and my other car is insured as a classic and and I pay like literally 500 bucks, maybe less than 500 bucks a year um, to insure it. Like I do not want to change those insurances. The, so like I, I, I don't know what to do, but it's, it's literally all I'm thinking about is like how, how if I'm, they're talking about COVID cases going back up and more lockdowns and salons and shit not opening up. And like, if you're going to keep doing this to me, I need to fuck off somewhere. I need to get on the road and just drive. Like it's the only thing that brings me peace. When I ride my dirt bike, when I ride snowmobiles or get on a, the jet ski, like that is the only time where my mind is at ease other than when I'm writing music or doing a podcast, like when I'm in a stream of consciousness and it's like this peace. It's like this like really cool feeling when you're perform in sports. Like it's like when I'm performing like this kind of action that takes like skill and is fun and, and, um, I just love it. And now I'm like, fuck, I just sold that bike, but I might turn right around and use that cash, put a down payment and maybe, maybe get the insurance flowing and then I'll just figure out another way to pay off my debts. Um, my family is super anti-motorcycle. I, I probably have to have a little bit of a chat with them. It just makes them really sad and they get really scared for me. Um, but I'm, I'm like right back at you. I'm like, you guys are in your sixties and there's a pandemic out here. Like I, I'm and like, I'm scared about you guys all the time too. So, it's, you know, it's kind of a, I got to do, you got to live. You, you, they still got to see their friends and go to the store. And they, they're saying, oh, we're not worried about getting COVID. Like, like if it happens, it happens. Like they're, they're very, um, they're very good about it, but they're still like, they got to live their lives. They want to see their family. They want to see us. And they're like, we'd rather you see us. And uh, we, basically, I was like, I'd rather fucking die than, than not see my family, which is kind of gangster. Um, but um, so it's like, I'm like, I, I'm very respectful of the dangers of motorcycling and I know that it's a, it's a possibility, but I also know that I do a lot of dangerous stuff and I usually do at least everything in my power to make the the risk minimal. And I do trust myself in that regard. And it's one of those things where I don't like, like living to me is that shit. It's, it's going like, you think flying a plane was safe? I did that for four years. Like you think, the, you think when I, when I'm on the dirt bike track, like that's exactly safe. People die on snowmobiles all the time. Like I don't do the safest shit. Um, I just try to make not safe shit as safe as I can. And I think with a motorbike, like as long as I'm not riding in traffic and as long as I'm not going too fast and as long as I'm really cognizant of, you know, gravel and leaves on the ground as, as well as hidden entrances and left turns and just like the, the real, like, like highlight areas where motorcycle motorcyclists get hurt, wear the right safety gear. I'd pretty much only be riding in evenings and, or like on country roads to get 
to get up north or to get out out of the out of the city. And like the more I say it out loud, the more daddy might need another fucking motorbike. The other motorbikes I own are both kind of one's purely off-road. And that's when I take the track and the other one's on-road, off-road. And it's just kind of, it's cool to have that like on-road, off-road fun. Cause like you just have this like dirt bike that you can ride on the road, which is dope because like fucking speed bumps, potholes, curbs, like you just don't, you can, you can fucking hit anything. Like you just got these giant shocks and you don't care about dirt or gravel or whatever on the road. And you just, it's just, it was sick. It's cool, but it's not very fast. And, um, long trips on like country roads it's kind of you know it's 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 a bit much for a smaller engine bike like that and i i kind of want to have that um for, i want to i want my dad to ride that honestly he's got his motorcycle license i want him to ride it around they're living up north so i want him to take like take that around the cottage road like get out there go for a ride like that's what it's made for like on those dirt roads you know take it to the marina take it to the local store um so that's, I kind of want to save it for him up there. To be honest, he bought the bike from me. I was going to sell it because I was like, I don't need two of these dirt bikes. And he's like, no, I, I kind of want it. So he, he bought it from me. So it was really his. Um, and, but he hasn't, he hasn't really ridden it because it's not insured for the road and he doesn't feel comfortable on, on the trails track. So I think I might, I think I might get that one on the road from this summer. And that'll be like little, little fun cottagey kind of thing where they're living up north and i think i think old t-bone's gotta get i might just have to risk it and get that like cheapest insurance i can get and maybe get a more used i was like looking at new because i could finance it but you know maybe i'll sell like my blood or my semen or something and, and get up four or five g's to to buy uh to buy a used one but i don't know that's that's just where my head goes. And it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a problem. It's a legitimate problem. Cause I, I have that mentality with everything. It's like, Oh, move into this dope house, pay more rent than I could even comprehend right now. I'll just make more money. And like, I just, I, I get so close to the line. I have to go into debt routinely and pay it off. And then I also have all this music expense on top. I'm like, I'll just make more money. And it always brings us like weight and craziness of stress. But if I get out of it and I pay it all off, I'm essentially increasing my lifestyle through this like fear tactic versus like waiting till I go out and make a bunch of money to increase my lifestyle. So it may just be the way I work, but you may also see me filing for chapter 11. I don't even know what that means, but I hear people say it, bankruptcy, um, Probably not. I would just, again, I would just sell all my shit if I ever got in too much trouble. Like I just sell that car, sell the bike, sell some, some gear. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I think that's, I think that's everything I had on my, my list of Let me look. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the outlook. So expect big things from us. I'm again, super appreciative for, uh, the people that come to these. I remember the final thing on my list. Uh, another application for this podcast, which I've seen a lot of people on TikTok cut up, like really 
catchy podcast clips. So next episode, maybe um, I, I might bring in a little bit of that energy where I, I, I pick specific kind of funny or little things that I can talk about. Like maybe I can clip stuff out of a natural podcast that are funny. I can put on TikTok, but um, yeah, I'm going to add that to it. But anyway, I appreciate, appreciate the people that kind of stick with it and um, extra special shout out to the ones that do constantly reassure me when I'm, when I'm having tough times. I'll give a special shout out to my sister's friend, Steph, who last week when, when I was over there celebrating my sister's dog's second birthday, I know that's a real thing I did celebrate. Um, she was there and she just like straight up pulled me aside and was like, you're killing it. Like you're killing it with the music. I, I watch all your, your TikToks are, are great, like whatever. And I was like, thank you. I was like, you actually have no idea. I'm in like a really like, self-doubty like place. I'm just not really feeling it. She's like, no, you're killing it. Keep going. You'll eventually break through. I listen to your songs. Like the, uh, the I don't think she listened to the podcast, but she's like, I see that you do a podcast, but the TikToks are so funny. I, I, I like them all. And uh, you'll break through. I, I promise you just like stick through it. And like that was out of the blue, like unprompted. My sister's friends are all super supportive. So, so are my friends, but I had to give her a shout out because I was feeling bad last week. And that helps. So uh, thanks to all the people listening. And let's get rich. Let's get famous. Let's get motorbikes. Let's just do what makes us happy. We're all just animals. We're like little ants on this fucking pebble. And we just fuck the earth up. And there's all this crazy shit out there. And everyone's canceling. And it's it's so like, fuck it all, man. Just, Just be happy. Have good relationships. Do what you love. And if you run out of money doing it, then maybe change a couple things but that's kind of where i'm at anyway love y'all later later